It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hey, it's Time Enough Podcast, where we talk about episodes of The Twilight Zone and beyond, eventually. Uh, This is Matt here. Andrew is with me today. Hello, Andrew. Hey, what's up, man? It's another trip to the TZ. Yo, yo. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it should be like TTZ. I don't know. Well, fourth season, they take the the off, but yeah. TTZ sounds like something that the hip kids would be into as well, right? TTZ, yeah, man. You ain't seen Twilight Zone until you've seen it on TTZ. There, see, that sounds good. So what are <laughs> we on now? We're on the uh, fifth broadcast episode. I think it was like the third filmed, though. Uh, I don't know. Well, I did get that Twilight Zone companion, so it said it was the third filmed. Cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is Walking Distance, which I guess is kind of, cons- at least if you go filming wise it's kind of the first full tilt episode i guess where like nobody really talks smack about it oh okay i mean all i knew really about this one was that it's considered like one of the best and i don't agree (laughs) okay let's get to that because that'll be fun but um i will do a bit of the um trivia on this one so okay to start with the music because bernard herman wrote the score for this one as he did the fantastic but lesser known season one theme for the show if his name doesn't ring a bell we'll have alfred hitchcock beat you on the brow with a vertigo themed baseball bat and the credits just run on from there (laughs) gig young is martin sloan he gigged in films like come for the cup and teacher's pet before garnering best supporting actor nominations finally winning one for they shoot horses don't they in 1969 he was a fair shade older than Sloan's 36, as his birthday is 1913. Daddy Sloan is played by Frank Overton. He had plenty of TV work and returns to the Twilight Zone for another episode. His film resume is even more impressive and includes roles in To Kill a Mockingbird as the sheriff and as General Bogan in Fail Safe. This episode was directed by Robert Stevens. We encountered him before as he directed the pilot episode, Where Is Everybody? But he did not return to direct any more Twilight Zones. That's it. That's it. Okay. That, that's it for me, too, for the things okay. I was going to say. It, wasn't Ron Howard in this? He's one of the kids. He's not. He doesn't play young. Oh, Sloan. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't catch that, actually. So um, I didn't run across. Maybe. No, then companion was written late enough to mention i don't remember you could be right so i don't know it's just you know there's little kids in it and i think ron howard might have been yeah ron howard's always a kid until he's not or 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 his brother who just is an alien from the start oh man i love clint (laughs) howard so much and i like rance howard which which one is that i believe that's the dad Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with him. I bet he did westerns. 
well i'm just guessing uh, that just sounds like you've seen ed wood you've seen rance howard in a pre in one of his last roles oh okay he was the the cowboy guy that put in money i want a big explosion that no he was the meat guy oh me that's gonna say i caught it with cowboy but maybe i didn't so no he was the meat guy who uh who got his was it his nephew he's not really bright (laughs) (laughs) all right as for walking distance uh can you narrate the narration oh yeah see to do rod serling you have to tuck your upper lip dry out your teeth on the top of your hand and then you can do it martin sloan age 36 occupation vice president ad agency in charge of media this is not just a sunday drive for martin sloan he perhaps doesn't know it at the time but it's an exodus somewhere up the road he's looking for sanity somewhere up the ass he finds something else <laughs> all right when you did your um thing people on video might be able to see it but you looked a lot more like jim carrey <laughs> oh well there, it's a the lip is a very subtle difference between rod serling and um uh, was fire marshal bill <laughs> yeah really there we yeah. go yes yeah, so it's the fire marshal bill look i was getting there so um <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere up the road he'll find something else let me tell you something right exactly <laughs> so um i guess this is a kind of a a dreamy episode it's it's a little more sentimental than i guess the twilight zone is typically known for what but a lot of later episodes are like it though and i feel like there's you know they're it's done just as well or better later on but this i yeah i feel like this is the first one that gets you know this is a i don't know kick the can you know one like that and next stop willoughby you know things like that or you know you get those other ones too willoughby definitely came to mind when watching this one so yeah um, that that one having a little bit of a darker streak as it as we'll find when we get to it but uh yeah i guess uh this gets back to what you were saying with the time element where the time travel thing is pretty mark twain still (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that that you know that is one of the things I like about it. You know, this it's low budget television, and we're not in the age of special effects yet, but that's kind of good because they don't have to create some device once again uh, to explain the time travel. He literally just walks back in time. It's a walking great. distance. Yes, yes, as right. the titular name yeah. says. Um, one thing with this one is. I, I my music was first for the credit. I noticed on the Blu-ray this has like an isolated score, and yeah, the music is extremely important. I think to the uh, the vibes of this one. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and probably the music is my favorite thing about it. I, I don't, I don't dislike Walking Distance. I just don't see why it's in such high regard. I mean, it's it's in people's. It's always in like the top twenty or top ten episodes of twilight zone when they do lists and stuff and i i think this might have even been one of serling's personal favorites yeah i think this one did hit me a little more as being a particularly good one so it'll be interesting to spot spot the difference as the uh as the old highlight magazines had right okay (laughs) (laughs) okay well okay um one thing so we have uh martin sloan who who walks into his past um 
I don't know. When when's the last time you walked into your past? We grew up on the same street. When was the last time you were there? Oh man. Uh or Baldino's. You can go with Baldino's. I was gonna want. say Baldino's sub sandwich place. There I've been within the last yeah, within the last year or so. Cause every time I go uh into Atlanta by myself or with a friend, I always make sure if we're going by it through lunchtime, we we go through come through Baldino's because it's the best. When was the last time I was on our street? Um, I think I was on Google Earth <laughs> last time I was on our street. Okay, the same Google here. Earth. So yeah. I, I'm just thinking maybe because I have uh, disassociated myself from so many locations um, that okay. this one holds a little more water. The idea of not just walking back home, but walking back home then is, uh, oh gosh. you know. No, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> well, and as um, Daddy Sloan tells him, no, you don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, if we want to talk about, what is it, Martin? Martin Sloan? Marty. Um, Traveling Marty through Sloan. time. <laughs> Dude, okay, if you if you're familiar with time travel movies, Martin Martin Sloan does pretty much the opposite of all the things they try to tell you not to do in these time travels movies and stories. You know, don't interfere. And usually the person's doing their best to try not to interfere, and there's just some sort of thing that occurs on accident. No, he's like bound and determined to interfere. He just he runs toward everything. Hey. <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so um right like when he's just like i have to tell you something to the point where he like damages his former self and himself i was gonna then, say he almost kills the young version of, of of he almost kills young marty sloan but i mean he rushes right he doesn't even think what is this gonna do or should i do this he immediately when he sees his younger self whoom, he's talking to people he's interacting with everybody he's guy he goes at you know he goes it, it, to talk to his own dad i mean he, marty sloan i think's got problems <laughs> well yeah of course he has problems that's shown at the beginning of the episode like well, gig young had problems too and we can yeah. talk about that we, we'll get into that but let's let's first do marty because <laughs> um because okay. he's like kind of an absolute prick from the start I, I wrote in my notes when he shows up at the gas station he's making the horn honk of an absolute prick and i you know i guess he's supposed to be like the burnout ad agents yeah, guy, he is. It's not an excuse to be a prick. <laughs> uh, no, but you got to think that, you know, Serling definitely um, had no love for ad people. <laughs> and so they were the bane of his existence. And so, uh, you know, because what the ad, what the advertisers said was the rule. They had creative control ultimately, and he could not stand that. And so for him to make this guy an ad person and be a prick, I think is like totally uh you know par for the course so why do you think he didn't go for disheveled writer and then we'd get a more sympathetic figure maybe well because we had to have a reason for him to be so manic <laughs> you know for him to be so impulsive for him to be such a reactionary you know like i think a writer would be a much let's just say it smarter than <laughs> than this yeah it takes him a real long time to figure out that he time traveled which, oh to be God. fair, you know, he did not go through a machine or even like a tenant turnstile. You know, he just walked somewhere. So, yeah. And this is one of those things you run into with Twilight Zone to where you're like, OK, does this seem telegraphed to me because Twilight Zone is just a thing and I know it and I'm ready for it? Or does the audience like the entire time and from early on just know way more than he does? 
Yeah, yeah, he's a dollard. So, so one <laughs> thing I'll give is I I did find myself because you know by the end of of the episode, I guess you're supposed to be kind of identifying with him for some reason, but uh, just the start gives you such a hard like, no, don't get into this guy, you know. Which, yeah. which maybe that is the conceit, like leave this guy, watch his story, but leave him at a distance. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's That actually is pretty good. Yeah. So maybe that was the thing, like, yeah, the story's a little whack, but it can be whack because this guy's not really all together. Yeah, no, and, and I think just the... I mean, the, the average viewer would probably be not wanting him to do these things, and but that's why it's suspenseful and why it's exciting because, you know, who... Uh, Who's going to get the flashlight and go down the dark basement, take a step down and go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we want to see the person lay into it. And this guy goes like in full run into things. Now, one thing he does have in his favor, um, of course, his name's Marty as a kid. So we, we got to talk back to the future where Marty McFly shows up in his life preserver. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Martin Sloan at least shows up in a suit that doesn't look entirely out of fashion. So he doesn't have that problem going for him. No, no. And that's the that's the thing about it. You know, they, they don't make a big deal. People aren't suspecting him of anything. If they think he's anything, they think he's some kind of creep. I mean, he comes to his younger self. Hey, is that a little boy over there? <laughs> Can I go speak to him? Like, who the hell are you doing? I mean, like, think about now if a guy showed up and started asking so much questions about a little boy, you just beat him up. Does he want to get in my van? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. I got my white van here full of toys. <laughs> candy i'm not sure if i've ever carved my name on anything oh yeah totally no i i definitely would do my initials on stuff yeah he was really not thinking it through he was carving uh this is the younger version of of martin marty little marty was covering it doing his entire name but they again they're like he's like yeah i remember that little place i carved my wait a second there i am carving my name what name are you carving kid <laughs> your mom's i just got away from her house <laughs> yeah um again back to the music that one it's it's an amusement park with just a merry-go-round is it <laughs> carousel yeah yeah i guess that's because of the budget i don't know <laughs> i mean you get your one thing that figures into the plot i mean that that part that carousel's got a i mean it's a main story point you know yeah yeah and it definitely that that's where the music really kicks in because when he's not close to it you hear in the distance and kind of warped mm -hmm. when he's in, in your face and I, I was listening to something uh something probably ambient on my ipad and thinking oh this would have been a perfect sort of thing too just the uh the not quite disturbing but hazy hazy carousel i guess yeah no it definitely kind of sets the tone you know when he hops under that carousel like oh god look at this guy grown man on carousel i've been on a carousel of course i had a daughter with me that probably helped i was gonna it. say so vibe but i'm you know i'm there with the kid making sure they don't fall off this dude's <laughs> fully just looking for kids on the, you know he's ready to accost he just yeah he really and i i think the only thing that shocked me was he really just had a nice peaceful message to tell to himself you never get the impression that's what he wants to do. Only later does he go, I only wanted to tell myself, enjoy being a kid. But I was doing everything I could to make sure he couldn't. Yeah, I'm like, why is he giving that message so forcefully? Because really, he doesn't really need to give him that message. No, no, not at all. And, and this is this is the thing. And what you just said was like a recurring thing when I watch this stuff. Is it like, 
if you were a kid and some guy's going, hey, enjoy being a kid, you're like, sure, dude. <laughs> Sit on this, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, from the perspective of a 10-year-old, you can't, that message doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's anything yelled by an adult, especially an adult man to a kid is just like... Yeah, like he could have he could have yelled it from a distance without trying to chase himself, I suppose. Or leave him a note. Yeah, know? yeah. No, he'd rip up the note. It's from the future. Uh, we can't has things about it has sports scores in it, so maybe don't don't rip it up. <laughs> See, I'm surprised Marty didn't do that. Just write down a bunch of sports stats and give it to the kid. <laughs> You're welcome. Vice president of the ad agency. You're gonna be the president. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh <laughs> That would be a very short movie. Yeah, yeah. So um he again he makes he makes every mistake of the time traveler, even the bad time traveler mistakes where you give yourself yeah. uh, important information. I and know, and just... considering how short this is, it's just a to don't list for time travel. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of fun, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is. I just yeah, I, I don't I don't see in it what everybody else sees in it because I don't like Martin Sloan. I think that may be the main thing. It's like the Twilight Zone often has a lot of these blowhard characters that you know grow a heart or learn a valuable lesson as a result of some foolhardy errand that they take on. So that that's a trope of Twilight Zone. But I uh, I liked how compact it is. But there's just I can't put myself in the mindset of someone who feels that this has a Twilight Zone style upbending twist you know is the injury a thing I was about to say that the only twist i guess the, the main twist is at the is beginning where he's back in time and the right. only end episode twist would be hey he's got a limp now but but if but that's the thing though i'm looking for a limp right when he and i think this may be just because i've seen it so many times i'm looking for him to because he you know the kid gets hurt and then he while standing near the kid getting hurt his younger self grabs his leg and like ow but he doesn't start limping right away you know right I, I, we don't get a nice wide shot of him walking either though it's like he has to get back That's, to the present before Lynn shows up maybe i don't know I, I don't know um but also the way it was shot i think if he started limping right away you would kind of get confused and think well he got hurt too yeah i don't you know? yeah so maybe that's uh, why they did i don't know there's just yeah, it it isn't. I, I'm with you on the music, and um, and I think Young is was probably cast very well for this. I just, um, yeah, the stuff with him and his dad. I don't feel like it really. It doesn't have a punch. There's nothing dad, in here that really has the punch of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, well, the dialogue is well written, but you are kind of thinking Dad might be, I don't know, a little more sympathetic. Although maybe he's just like you know, picking up on the vibes that his son has become a bit of an arse. I don't know. Get out of here, dude. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> yeah, I don't I just don't feel his dad tonally has the has the temperature of someone who's speaking to the future version of it, you know, because he isn't he doesn't seem to want to know anything. Yeah, you know, so, you know, we can we can throw Martin Sloan under the bus, but I maybe what people really like about this is that just vibe of nostalgia again like you say willoughby does it too but this is the first time they really went into that it's true and maybe that's music. why yeah maybe that's why it's considered one of the best is because it really is sort of a template episode you know i mean how many episodes does someone 
you know, find themselves in the past or in their own past. You know, I mean, what, what, what if you did walk down the street, found yourself in the middle of the street, and we were like making a whack movie on the front lawn? What, what, what would just watch? I mean, would you creepily watch from across the street? Or <laughs> it would be hard not to find a place where we couldn't be seen and sit there and watch it happening. You know, right, right. So because <laughs> all, all, all of my memories of it uh, are from uh, what's on tape. You know? Exactly. So seeing the memory. real thing would be kind of crazy. And um, yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm trying. There's some points I want to make, but I'm going to be doing this. I, I don't quite record these in order, so I haven't. It's going to be another three days till I do the previous episode, the 16 millimeter shrine. So I'm trying okay. to keep <laughs> out talking yeah. about like old pictures. I mean, you could talk about. It. I'm not saying you should, but I'm personally trying not to bring that up because I know I'm going to be bringing it up in there mostly likely. No, I hear you, and that no, totally appropriate. No, I get <laughs> it. No, but to to go back, you know, because people always say like, well, what would you say to your younger self? But I always think it in reverse. I always think of what would my younger self think of me now, you know? Because you know, you your kid, you're like, damn, what am I going to be like when I'm old? Am I going to turn into some schlub? Am I still going to like comics? Am I still going to like horror? Am I still going to like cool music? Am I still going to play guitar? <laughs> you know, you think about those things. And so now I'm pretty secure in that way. So I don't, and I, but I also don't wish I was a kid. A lot of things about being a kid blow compared to now. <laughs> oh yeah, like I'm also, I'm also wondering just meeting myself five years ago. That that guy was slightly skinnier. That was cool. Um, it, the change didn't fall out of his change thing because it didn't have a hole in it yet. And uh, you know, he had a nice phone that wasn't cracked. <laughs> does, does he look like? And he wore suits more often. So I've kind of gotten slack wearing suits myself because I'm like, man, I'm on the floor with kid, like the little kids like two or three hours a day. And I can't be bummed with a suit for that so much, you know? Oh, God, no. I no because um, I wasn't in therapy or on, you know, psychiatrically prescribed medications back then. So I would never want to go back. So you drive yourself crazy, like both versions. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to be. uh less healthy i don't know man i just the, i'm cool with the past and but if i were in martin sloan's situation um i just wouldn't have that i keep using the word manic i wouldn't have that manic energy i mean he's gotta he really thinks his best days are behind him I mean, yeah he's, he's like have, he, he peaked at 12 apparently yeah <laughs> <laughs> So because he's so jealous of his younger self, Martin Sloan really wants to screw everything up for the guy. I mean, you know, you try and make the next day the better day of your life, which and then Martin doesn't have that perspective at all. I mean, he's not no. even going back to the present. I think he's kind of going to go off and be like a, you know, middle aged sad sack bastard. <laughs> yeah, no, he's going to he'll be always motivated by this uh, jealousy of his youth, you know. Right. So, yeah, I do like the episode, but yeah, I, I think maybe I don't like Martin so much. Uh, did you want to say a bit more about Gig Young? Because I'm not so familiar. Gig Young was a drunk. And Gig Young um, killed his wife and then killed himself. Okay. I was going to say, was he a happy drunk? And that sounds like a no. No, that was the end of Gig Young's life. Murder, right. suicide. Well, okay. I didn't catch that when I, I just saw, uh, saw his film credits. So. Sometimes yeah, you look at the sorry. wiki and not the IMDb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, that would have made some dark trivia when I was doing my trivia anyway. So it's probably okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No, there's, um, 
there's a Stephen King store short story that was made into a movie uh 1408 it was not one of the like bigger hit movies i don't even remember who was in it maybe john cusack but it's about the guy staying in the the room where the where the murder had taken place so it was stephen king was actually inspired by that uh by the gig young murder suicide because it was a hotel room he was staying at in that building that someone mistakenly told him he was in he was not in the right one, but someone mistakenly told him that was the one where the murder-suicide of Gig Young happened. So he wrote 1408 um, as a result of that experience. Oh, okay. Oh, he was in, I was going to say, if the book had like gotten it wrong, then that kind of... No. Well, then they wouldn't have made a movie out of it. They'd be like... No, no. He wrote the book inspired by this mistaken, you know, thinking that he was staying in that particular par- uh, apartment where... It's the um, thought that counts. And I don't even know if Gig Young's wife was like an actor or anything. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what her name was. That's really sad, but it's in Hollywood Babylon. Right. It's like my favorite books about movies are Hollywood <laughs> Babylon 1 and 2 for some reason. They're the most twisted ones. <laughs> um, I love those. Oh, the, the other one thing I just wanted to throw off is when he gets back to good old 1955 at the end. That's fun. I mean, I know it's really 59, but I just, yeah, when he gets back into the uh, soda shop at the end and it's like totally, totally back to the, it's Pleasant Hill, 1950, Valley, Pleasant, whatever it is, 1955, Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, what, what year am I in? Are there black people here? No, it's the same as when you, where you were. Oh, good. Yeah, really. But uh, <laughs> I, I did just, there's kind of a little reverse back to the future thing going on here, which entertained me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's funny. Uh, I and I joke about the racism thing because that was one of the things that uh, you know Twilight Zone, unfortunately, and Rod Sterling. You know, there was that was that's one of the things that sort of taints the old Twilight Zone episodes. Is that you know, but it, you know, it's also the times. Yeah. Uh, there just weren't a lot of um, black actors going out for roles and things like that. They just and he did in the he did put not put out, but he did. Uh push it a little bit later in this season by having an episode focusing on a boxer played by an african-american actor so and that you know. is the the requiem for a heavyweight that's one yeah. of the the best see for me that's one of the absolute best so i, I you know he might may, maybe did maybe didn't notice that there was no diversity and at least got that out you know <laughs> yeah and i don't know there'll be stuff in the twilight zone companion maybe that maybe i'm thinking of a different Maybe I'm thinking of the Playhouse 90 thing. Now I've got the title wrong, but it's the boxer and his little boy are the main characters of that one. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I yeah. love that one. Um, getting into the the questions, who exactly went into the Twilight Zone in this one? Um, that could be multiple choices. Well, you know, I, I mean, the obvious choice would be Martin, but gosh, I want to say it's either the old man in the back room <laughs> that puts his hand on his head. And then as soon as the door closes, that would be the moment that he dies <laughs> or, or young uh, or young Marty. Yeah. I was going to say um, young Marty definitely has a worse trip through this. Cause think of it, it from his experience. There's this crazy man chasing me and all he wanted to do was give me this lame message. Right. But as we know, when something happens to alter the past, it just creates an alternate reality so the original marty sloan that would have had the life that led him up to eventually walking back to his old hometown that guy went to the twilight zone 
Right. Oh, and so came out. Maybe that's yeah. my answer. The, okay. the the Marty that would have been had he not encountered his old self. I was I was gonna say Daddy Sloan as well. Certainly. You think so? Yeah. Because I mean, think again, think of the episode from his perspective. Some crazy man comes to the door, he drops his wallet, you pick it up, and it's like your future son. And then you right. go talk yeah. to him and you tell him that message. I mean, you could have maybe it would have been better if this episode was done from Daddy Sloan's perspective. <laughs> and and Marty, what's a jackrabbit? <laughs> what's a pocket so, rocket? <laughs> what does so, this mean? Mint flavored for your pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what are, I these, think... what are all these massage parlor coupons, Marty? <laughs> that could that could have been that would have been an 80s Twilight Zone in that case, but <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um did he deserve I his trip? I I were again we're throwing Marty under the bus over and over, so I guess he deserves whatever he got out of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because he didn't think like at all. I mean, even in even when this was originally out, you have to imagine the audience was going like, dude, don't do that. You know, he's a he's a go for broke, you know, bullheaded ad exec. So that's right. <laughs> that's what you do. That's right. He goes he goes in there blazing with a pack of Chulis gum. <laughs> right on. So uh, <laughs> let's put this one on the tripometer. From oh. a zero to a five, you can um, you know, make up numbers if you want. I don't care. <laughs> oh man. This is bad because we do need to keep it in its proper historic perspective. I'm just gonna say three. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh okay. with a little bit added because the music is pretty trippy. Right, right, right. But I'm yeah, three, because it just never it doesn't go there. You know what I mean? Everything is just so I don't know. It, it's really low tech. Hmm. Like, I think I'm going to be disappointed when the, uh, when the theme song changes later on too, to the iconic yeah. one. I, I, yeah. like, I, I actually like the original one quite well. Um, no, it's cool. Yeah. It's, um, and I, you know, I made notice of that. Um, I never, when I'm watching it, like in, in order and I'm actually paying attention, I always pick up on which one and where it changes. And when Rod Serling starts being on camera too, in the beginnings, yeah. um, I, this I, one's uh, a little weird for having um some mid episode narration, which is yeah. pretty not common. So, no, you kind of don't want to influence everybody in the middle of everything, you know? Right. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe in this case, I, I was kind of wondering why he did that because it's like, oh, I need to spell this out a little more or something. I, I'm not quite sure. Ah. Uh... I, it's hard to put myself in the headspace of someone from back then. And, and also, who, unless it's documented somewhere, who's to say whose decision that was? And once know? he starts appearing on camera, it would have been even more jarring, I suppose. Oh, God. Well, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> and you watch his body language when he is on camera, and those things start. Right, Maybe right. He's more comfortable as time goes on. And definitely by night gallery, he was, you know, he was He's really growing out his hippie hair a little more by that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's much longer than so we got that going um okay well what do you have going on uh let's see when is this people are listening it's it's the beginning of the year happy new year oh yeah well there would it's be actually, my birthday on the 5th where i turned 45 years old so that's old and so you can send uh, my birthday note <laughs> tomorrow because i have this list as january 3rd <laughs> oh, that's fine I'll, I'll start taking that stuff early i'll need it 
Um, no, uh, my friends and I here in Athens make movies. We're called Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Face Space, and uh, gonzorific.com. Um, we'll get you to the YouTube channel and the DVD store and all of that. Um, this year coming up, I'm planning to make a feature film. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, I definitely have a, a team that I'm getting together to make a full length movie. Right on. This is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Pod on Twitter, Time Enough, Time Enough Podcast on Facebook. Rate, review, all that stuff. Hopefully, we are on Apple by now because Apple's dragging their heels, but. I want to hear what you say, so do that. Uh, I do other podcasts under the umbrella of Podcastio, Podcastius, where we talk about sci-fi movies, Monster Hunter, Pokemon, and Thang like that. <laughs> is that is that not the way to say it? <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay, I guess that's all for now. Let's let's all take a stroll back and do the. Through the past. Droning tambora chime, my hand shining wet and be show, be show. A crimson rosy side show, concoct a fantasy, then let it go. Regaining the innocence, I've got no more need to dive in the here and the now. The center of the permanent churning of that's alive. In the swamp of the dragonfly, so it says on the snake doctor's sign as the wind songs fly among the bamboo leaves. Zephyrs engulfed and then we Regaining the innocence I've got no more need to die Strong out, put it out and bigger guy The buzz is bridged to climb Only cut off by the Milky Way In an avalanche of your glitter today Stephen says his bats long enough Got singing gods now in their prime People everywhere are just easy riding Through the primordial Gaia is gliding Regaining the innocence I've got no more to dive in the fear in the now In the center of the pearl Nurturing all that's alive Volunteers of the moon on the speed of Mars I've got no more need to die The center of the pearl will nurture all that is alive 